0: Gonna, we we're not going to pass you again. Loser! Yes, sir. Let's
1: go, man!
0: Yes, sir. Dude, I, I'm I'm telling you, we've been excited about this. I I thought we lost you when we moved up. And
1: I'm excited to get
0: you here. We're excited to get you here. we got a heck of a foundation growing, man. It's going to be fun Do me?
1: Yes, sir. I can't wait. All gas, brother. Let's roll, man. Hey, I'm... what's going on everybody welcome back to the turn the jets podcast i'm your host will parkinson at willpa 11 on twitter instagram and tiktok joined by a very special guest today of pff mike renner mike how you doing today
0: i am doing fantastic appreciate you having me on here
1: well yeah no we're excited and we're uh if, you, if you're not, if listening just listening and not watching the uh watching the video version i'm in usc gear specifically to piss off mike mike's in his notre dame gear probably inadvertently pissed me off goes. but it's it happens yeah, so.
0: that's pissing off it's just i just wear this every day no
1: that's, nah, that's fair that's fair well, i could have gone the Cortland stuff but i went the usc uh went the usc route but um obviously exciting time of year from a lot of perspectives. schedule just dropped we've gotten the draft kind of pretty much the draft buzz has kind of cooled off a little bit this point but ota starting up and obviously the jets were polarizing the team this offseason this draft specifically and i know that's where a lot of your focus is what were your I guess, initial takeaways from the draft as a whole, and then we'll get a little more specific in some of the guys. But as a whole, how would you kind of feel the Jets did? I know you graded them pretty highly.
0: I mean, they got great players. Like, they got three guys in PFF's top 25. And as much as we like to, you know, glorify steals and, like, guys later on, it's like, oh, I like that guy that got in the fourth. It's those top 50, those top 100 picks that knocking those out the park matters the most. And I think they got three potential blue chip type of dudes at, at, you know, and obviously their first three picks there. And that's, those are the needle movers. That's what ultimately defines your draft. And so we can haggle about how much they gave up to go get it, but they got three damn good players. Like, I, I don't think there's any argument about that. And that's, that's it. That's a change for most Jets drafts.
1: Yeah, no, that's the that's the interesting one. I'll ask you about Wilson in a minute, but the, obviously the biggest topic, and I know this has been kind of a huge debate, whether it's PFF, it, it's people in the analytics community versus people that are you know have highly devalue a guard. And um, I was a fan of the trade up for AVT only because a, biasly, I was happy to get another USC guy. Once you lose Sam, you need to backfill him with a, another USC guy. But um, I feel like. Elijah Vera Tucker, if needed, could be a tackle long-term at right tackle. I don't think that's his best spot, but I, I think there's some uh, flexibility there. So I was a little less concerned with, with giving up the two threes there. Were you, how'd you kind of feel on the trade? Like how good does he need to be to justify that trade for you?
0: Yeah. So that was the thing about the trade. It, it was, you're sitting at 20, it was a 24 prior to that in a deep offensive line class. And, and so you didn't have one hole along your offensive line. You didn't have one hole in that roster, like, to begin with. You had a a lot of holes. It was probably just in terms of, like, overall complete talent. The worst in the NFL. Actually, there's no sure-coating it. That's why they were drafting second overall. And so you had a lot of positions that should be addressed. And now the draft isn't the only way to address them. They obviously hit a few in free agency. But to go and get – say, we will address this one position and for it to be guard, which – you know, in our opinion, it's probably a bottom three value position in the NFL. It just, uh, it's not saying it's completely invaluable. Like that's going to make an impact on your football team, but other positions on the football field make bigger impacts. There's just no denying that. So to give up that much to do it, questionable, but the the player you got, there's no debating that Elijah is going to be a damn good guard. Like he just is. So you kind of paid for certainty when a, a lot of times in the draft, we say there's not a lot of sure things they obviously saw it as a clear tier between Elijah Tucker and then the next offensive lineman in terms of how good that guy, knowing how good that guy is going to be. And, and so they paid for it, which I can't hate too much on because like I said, like draft is a crap shoot, but I think with Elijah Tucker, how good he's been at both guard and tackle. I don't think that's much of a crap shoot then at that point.
1: Yeah, no. And a lot of people picked up the, uh, the Oregon game late in the year as like his, Oh, look, see, he's like, this is why he can't be a tackle. And I was like, yeah. That guy's going to be a top three pick in the draft next year. Yeah, so that, like, let's.
0: That's a, that, that one really is. I, I kept going back and I'm like, yeah, that, that would be why, like that would be why, but it's not enough. Like the cave on Thibodeau, the Oregon defensive end is doing that to everyone. You know, it's not <laughs> a, a unique to Elijah Vera Tucker. He's going to be doing that to guys in the NFL then next year uh, in 2022. So that, that's not a unique problem for him to have. I don't really think that that's. Like I said, if you really want to play him a tackle, I don't think they're going to, but if you really want to play a tackle, he definitely can.
1: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you from that perspective. Obviously, you know, I feel like it got lost because Wilson was going to be a pick for so long that we kind of almost glossed over that on draft day. It was exciting, but everyone was like, oh, who are they going to go at 23? What are they going to do at 34? Um, do, do you like Wilson as much as um, as the Jets did? Like, would you have taken him at two or would you have gone Fields or Lance or in a different direction?
0: Yeah, Wilson was two on the PFF draft board. I do think his arm and basically like his playmaking ability is special. It's different than what Fields brings to the table. He's a lot like Fields is the better you know, tested athlete. I think his Wilson's athleticism plays better on a football field. It plays better into making uh, plays in the passing game than Fields does. And, and they're both you know, exceptionally talented with their arm accuracy, perspective, whatever. But I just think Fields is a little more confident and creative and can make plays on his own, whereas Fields was a lot of in-structure, ball where it has to go, and nothing wrong with that. I just think what Wilson does is what's winning in the NFL today more and more.
1: Yeah, no, and I think something that and we kind of obviously transitioned, a lot of stuff with Sam and the guy that obviously everyone knows I defended Sam forever. Um, the Jets also didn't do a great job. Sam did not play well, especially 2020 was just like, it was bad even a, like, even biasly was bad but they didn't surround him with any type of talent from not just an offensive line perspective which the offensive line was a little better last year was still pretty bad. The receiver position, I have my two guys i mocked every single time over and over and obviously I abused the PFF mock draft simulator over and over like everybody else but um, we were Elijah Moore and Elijah Tucker were the two guys I was like I feel like these are just such good scheme fits was Elijah Moore, the guy for you that you were like, all right, now, like, even if Elijah very Tucker's a guard, which I agree with you in terms of a value perspective, it's not, you don't have to be as quite as good of an athlete to play guards. You tackle in the NFL and things like that. Elijah Moore is exciting. I don't know that the Jets have had a guy like that in quite a long time. So
0: oh, he's awesome. I, I couldn't believe he fell out of the first, to be honest. I just thought, you know, if Jalen Waddle can go six, and who's very similarly sized, and yeah, he's probably a little, more, obviously a little bit more athletic. It's like Jalen wild can go six in today's NFL. like Elijah Moore's a top twenty type of player, in my opinion. He's that good as a route runner, that good of ball skills. Like, I, I don't see him. I don't see. I, I see him as having a very high floor. Like at the very worst, he's an awesome slot receiver. And I think he could be more than that. And, and so they obviously already have the guys on the outside Corey Davis and Denzel Mims. Those are outside type of wide receivers, but I think his, he can be, you don't have to just plug him in the slot and say, that's where his role. I think he'd be far more than that.
1: Yeah. No, I, he's going to be an exciting player. And I think again, it's like the draft Douglas is pretty consistent now. I think through two drafts. We can say like, if you're not a team captain the jets probably aren't taking you. If you, if you opt out or get injured, you're probably also not getting taken. Um, A couple of the guys that were polarizing to me were their decision to not go defense till round five, and then they just take like five hundred different corners that graded out well. Are there any of those later round guys people have kind of gravitated towards? Michael Carter the second, like the second Michael Carter. Um, Are there any of those guys that stick out to you? Like, oh, there could be an interesting pick, or we're all kind of like, eh, I take it or leave it. Maybe they'll be okay. The corners or any of them? I mean, any of them. I know, like i really like michael
0: carter i mean the yeah. running back michael carter for to get him at <laughs> the fourth like he produced at the same level as javante williams did but yeah yeah javante williams is the better like projectable athlete better size uh, younger but i think like the fact that they both produced like i said at the same level carter even had more big plays and was the one who was featured more in the passing game it's like two rounds difference is a big difference draft capital wise to get a guy who like I said, produce at the same level. And he's a like high level athlete, NFL caliber, running back in his own right. So uh, I think to not have to, when everyone's saying, oh, maybe they draft ETN in the first round, maybe they draft one of those guys at the turn there at the top of the second, to not have to wait to wait until all the way in the fourth and get a guy who you know, was wide receiver four, the, or excuse me, running back four on the PFF draft board. Uh, I thought that was one of the best value picks, uh, especially at the running back position in the draft.
1: We'll finish on the Jets real quick. I just want to get your take quickly. The Jag stuff's, like, super concerning to me. Like, I am I feel like we're not talking about it enough all year. Like, they blatantly, like, lost 15 games in a row, and everyone's like, oh, the Jets are tanking. They suck. It's like, dude, the Jags are doing it, like, on purpose, and, like, we're just not talking about it. I know it's Jacksonville versus New York, and the Jets are very good clickbait and all that stuff. But the ETN comments, and maybe it's just Urban, like, maybe not realizing the NFL is going to pick everything – they're con- like they're not they're concerning like he was like I'm just gonna take Tony there and was like ah screw it I'll just take Etienne because he's a familiar name like that's like, Tebow stuff aside this is a little weird
0: yeah Meyer transition to the NFL is like it's been <laughs> it, it's, it's just it's it's felt like he doesn't quite it didn't quite have a feel for the landscape of the NFL and how it all worked and just like to get Etienne it just felt like, uh, yeah, like you said, like, oh, I wanted Tony. Oh, well, who's the next guy in that mold that I wanted to give my offense? And and I like what he's done saying, we're going to you know, train him as a wide receiver. And I always thought like offensively and how he schemes to his talent, whatnot. Like, I think that part will work. But the team management part, I think they gave him maybe a little too much influence into that when it really was, you know, like it's not, the draft is not recruiting. It is a vastly different sort of. World, that I think he's maybe treating it a little bit like recruiting.
1: Yeah, no, it's. I think sometimes people forget that's what makes the NFL and college so different, and that's why certain guys have transitioned really well. I think Pete Carroll and guys like that obviously have done a great job, and other guys have failed because you don't get to like just because who you are, you are who you are. Nick Saban's is probably the best college coach ever. I'm sure people could have that debate. I think it's kind of over at this point he wasn't that great in the NFL I mean, it wasn't like I can walk in the room and I'm Nick Saban and my personality is going to bring the next yeah. 35 guys to to uh to Alabama yeah. but-
0: I mean Carol what was that it was a second year or first year he's got Taylor Mays there and drafts Earl Thomas you know coming yeah. out that-, yeah, that was
1: yeah yeah that uh that really pissed off uh Taylor Mays and pretty much went from a guy that I was like oh he's gonna be a stud and then he just basically sucked for five years with the Bengals and <laughs> move on but um were there any guys that the Jets brought in they brought in a couple of polarizing names Kenny Ebo out of uh old mess was a name that tight end people thought they might go tight end during the draft do you think any of those guys kind of stick stuck out to you I, I think he's the name that most people have kind of gravitated to that oh he'll make the roster and he might start because Chris Herndon stinks but I don't know if that's necessarily realistic but I think he might be able to make the roster I don't see why not
0: Oh, you got it. You're gonna have to prompt me on some of their UDFAs. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, no, there's there's a couple. Um, Kenny Bud, Ole Miss, tight end, um, was a guy. They 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 there just seems like there's a couple names to me that that stuck out. Um, I'll bring them up right here for you. I don't know if I can uh, let's see if we can okay, go through them. Oh yeah, Isaiah Dunn, another one at Oregon State. Um, another corner. I feel like corners a spot. Anybody if they can just play decently. Um, and then, um, Rashad, defensive at Oregon State, was the other name. Those are the three names to me that stuck out. Any of those guys?
0: Yeah. Of- Alpha is interesting. So he had a bunch of sacks the year prior and he's super quick, but he was undersized and really had to put on a ton of weight. And then now he ended up actually putting it on by his pro day, but uh, was injured this past year. So I, I, people were higher on him coming into 2020. If you opted out, he would opt out and probably gets drafted, honestly, he doesn't put on tape what he did this past year. So, um, That'd be one guy I'd say is interesting at least because he has, I think, some physical tools to succeed at the NFL level. Uh, I think the other one is Tristan Hoge. He got, I think, he got hurt also this past year, but he was he took a massive step forward at BYU his last season uh, or his last like season and a half from what he was early in his career. I think he started actually at Notre Dame and then transferred over there. So,
1: yeah, um, yeah no, it, it, Ross, the Jets are going to be an interesting, you um, know, interesting team going forward, but. Um, Some of the other teams, I was just curious, like how you felt, how maybe the rest of the AFCs did. I think it's a division that's obviously got four. Hopefully, Saul is going to be good from everything. The signs point to him being good, but it's four really strong defensive head coaches. Um, Do you like specifically? I think Miami is a team that stuck out during the draft. I'm not super high on Mac Jones, so I don't love New England's Uh, draft. But how do you feel about the kind of AFCs draft as a whole?
0: I I thought the Patriots, I mean, I love their second and third rounders and Barmore and, uh, the Oklahoma kid, his name's escaping me off the top of my mind, but those two, I, I like those picks, and I think the Dolphins, I like their draft this year a lot better than it was last year. Now they have to be kind of kicking themselves. I think, I don't know, it came out that they had Jalen Waddle as the number two player on their board. Whatever, you're obviously gonna say that after the draft, but they have to be kicking themselves a little bit, giving up a first rounder when they could have just given up a little bit to get Devonte Smith, who ends up going ten. Like the Eagles win that trade wholesale if you're just comparing apples to apples there. So that one's a little bit of a mess, but I still like what they did. Uh, on the whole, like uh, I thought this team that last year, drafted a lot of projects uh, after, uh, you know, to you draft Austin Jackson is only 20 years old, no, like and only 20 years old. And those guys really struggled out the gate. I thought they needed more sure things kind of this year. And I think that's Javon Holland. I think that's Liam Eikenberg. Maybe they're not swings for the fences, but those guys are going to be good players. You can feel pretty confident about that. So I-, I like what they did this year a lot better than last year. Um, and then the one head scratching draft that of me was the Bills, like defensive end one and two after going defensive end with your first pick last year and AJ at Vanessa. And none of them, none of those three are still starting. You still got, you know, Mario Addison and Jerry Hughes there. So it's a obviously a valuable position. You always need pass rushers. They can always kind of see the field. But man, like a weird sort of how those draft boards fell for the Bills. Like, I don't think this makes them better. Like, I don't think they're any better in this upcoming season. And looking around that roster and kind of just like where where's the improvement coming from for them because they didn't really add much in free agency either
1: yeah no they're a team that I think everyone assumes is going to be great and I'm not saying the bills are not going to be great but they still needed they still need to take that step I think to be a legitimate Super Bowl contender not just a team that's really really good and I don't they just didn't love the the picks either um maybe I'm being you know harsh but no I just I I agree with them the Pats and, and Miami as well I I didn't love Austin Jackson at USC, and I didn't think he was going to be. I thought he was going to struggle yeah. right away. And yeah. if I'm watching a guy that I'm rooting for, and he's already struggling, like yeah. I kind of, you kind of, um, you kind of take it out of you know out of context. But is there any other teams across the league that you felt like hit really big in the draft? Obviously, we have to wait and see if they actually pan out. But they hit really big, or other teams that you were like, uh, I don't know if you kind of missed value wise on on what you maybe should have should have been I mean, taking
0: value wise. That's the Raiders like mo.
1: Raiders. <laughs> the Raiders are so confusing man I don't get yeah. it with Gruden and Mayock, I don't even know what's going on I think like the longer Gruden's there the worse it gets
0: dude like they they don't it's just there's no plan is the biggest thing and, and like every decision they don't they there's no like it's all it's all short-term decisions it feels like that they're making and, and treating the draft like a short-term decision is just bad it's just bad process and, and to and I think that like the one that I just saw again today that reminded me of how bad like they've been It's the Lynn Bowden pick from last year. Top top, I think is an 81 or 82 overall. A top 90 pick in the draft is a valuable pick. And to just wash it down the drain as soon as you draft that guy, trade him away, it's like how to not know to scout that guy that badly that you're trading him away to not know a skill set is that's a poor process. And so yeah, the Raiders are just in a bad way. Uh the team I'll say that I thought had a really good draft. That I think is like scary now in the AFC is the Browns. They got cornerback and Greg Newsom, who I thought was right up there with JC Horn and Patrick the like quarterback one possibility in this draft. Linebacker and Jeremiah Luis obviously he fell for like a heart issue, rumored, whatever, but that's apparently not even an issue anymore. So to get those two guys, both top 20 players, the PFF draft board is like, damn, they, they got, a, and they already add a lot in free agency as offseason two to where a defense on paper, at least it's like a top three defense in the NFL.
1: Yeah. No, the Raiders are so confusing to me because I feel like they trade or cut their entire offensive line, which was probably the strongest part of their roster and then go and draft an offensive lineman who is like second. I mean, I'm not saying he's, he's not going to be a good player. I don't know that for a fact, but I just don't think he's a, that big of a needle mover and yeah, then it's like, like why, why trade be, the rest
0: better than gabe jackson if he plays guard he's not gonna be better than trent brown if he <laughs> plays tackle right away so it's like
1: you could have just, you also just could have had both like you could just could have literally had both people like you didn't have it wasn't a there was no reason to choose and they got then they were like oh we're gonna cut um we're gonna cut ronnie Hudson, but then we're gonna actually try to trade him now and it's like it's, none of that stuff it just feels very dysfunctional and opening a nightclub in your end zone is also you know, whatever. That's a whole nother, whole nother thing, but no, I agree with you. I agree with you um, like, on that as well. The Browns, I wanted JOK and the Jets. I feel like he would have been like a perfect Sala player. Like I'm pumped. We got Elijah Moore and I'm, I'm not going to complain about it, but I honestly would have packaged two threes to go up and get JOK too. You, like yeah. they have no week. They have no weeks at linebackers that are like established yet. So um, kind of wanted to get your Real quick on, we'll finish up with that stuff, but who are a couple of guys that you're looking forward to early 2022 draft that, you know, obviously we don't know where the Jets are going to be picking and we don't know, you know, how things will shake out, injuries, all that stuff. Who are a couple of names? Derek Stingley Jr. and Kayvon Thibodeau seem to stick out and I'd be happy to have them on the Jets. I would prefer them not to be drafting the top five, but who are a couple of prospects fans should watch out for this fall that you think, all right, these guys are going to be special and we're going to be talking about them for the next 12 months?
0: I think there's a guy from Georgia, named Adam Anderson, who's a former five star, who. So I'm going back and watching the tape with him or this because I did my 2022 mock and he put him in the first round. Him and Jalari when they're both on the football field, and Oziolojilari is like, you know, he's an undersized guy known for like kind of a speed rusher in his own right, and this dude's a yard up past him. Oh, and they're both going speed rush like that guy gets off the line of scrimmage and he's. 6'5, 240 or so. Uh, like he's got juice and, and that at his frame, like he all he needs to do is put on some muscle and, and this guy will be a stud, in my opinion. So, Adam Anderson, obviously, he was, he was only a part time player there last year, just a sub package rusher, but interested to see what he does. The other guy I got to highlight, Notre Dame Shirt on Kyle Hamilton, probably their best prospect since, gosh, I mean, Quinn Nelson, probably like this guy is a surefire stud. Basically, how I like to describe him is he's Isaiah Simmons. If Isaiah Simmons just stayed at safety and didn't get bigger, like he is 6'4, 220, and with range, can make plays on the football, A versatile dude. There hasn't been, gosh, who's the last safety really drafted? I think Jamal Adams really drafted highly. I think he'll be the next guy at safety drafted highly.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's funny. I was just thinking about Quentin Nelson. When people bring up AVT, they're not the same player in any way, shape, or form. I don't want people to get <laughs> out of out of context of there. Yeah. But Everyone's like, well, what if he's Quentin Nelson? Like, well, if he's Quentin Nelson, the Jets are going to be awesome. Like, that's not, that's that shouldn't be his comp because you're kind of setting up you're setting someone up for failure. If you're the best garden NFL as a rookie, it's yeah. It's
0: Quinn difficult. Nelson was, it was different. Like don't not a lot of, there hasn't been a Quinn
1: Nelson since Quint Nelson. So yeah, there's one of them. That's why they, that's why I got taken the top six as a guards. But um now I wanted to, I was kind of wanted to see if you could walk people through a little bit. PFF is super interesting to me. And I think sometimes, There's a lot of different people, have a lot of different takes. There's a lot of different numbers to support what you're kind of going through. If you could kind of quickly walk through some of the process you go through on maybe a Saturday or Sunday when you're watching a game and how you're going to evaluate a player versus maybe someone who's just, oh, look, this guy had six catches for 100 yards. He's awesome. Like, Mike, why don't you think he's as good as his numbers say?
0: (laughs) So I don't like actually like if I'm watching a game on TV, I try not to be like, oh, wow, like let it sway my opinion on a guy too much. Cause that's like, you're really an incomplete picture. You're like, the brain does get skewed by highlights. You know, you it's bi- natural bias to lean towards the guys who can make plays. But I, I like to watch guys like in totality. And so like my process would be, it's obviously not like a Saturday or Sunday. I'm just casually watch the games. But like then that rest of the week, you really just like start to finish the game on a guy. If during the season, at least. After the season, you know, I'll go to like, cut-ups uh on all 22 of like certain situations where it's like i want to see you know jc horn in man coverage i like i want to see what he can do a lot of cornerbacks you start with what they can do in man coverage uh because it's obviously a more valuable aspect it's like if you can't play man coverage you're probably not going in the first round it's just it's a fact of life in today's nfl it's like what you got to do so uh that's kind of my process is like in the like I said, during the season if a guy really had like a game where he put up big numbers or something you go back and watch every play uh, but when I'm actually like going up and writing the reports, I want to see specific aspects of who they are. That, and the nice part about being at PFF is all we have all the data to allow me to do that, to be like, oh, I want to see him you know, in press coverage. oh, I want to see this guy against press coverage. It's a wide receiver. I want to see this guy actually, you know going one on one in pass protection. and we have the ability to like filter those out to see. And so it's not just like full slides doing nothing for a guy, which is like half a play for a lot of offenses.
1: Yeah, no, that that makes a ton of sense. I just think sometimes um, there's that confusion between like the analytical side of things versus people the all 22 side versus the more fan perspective, and everyone kind of the guys that are great usually fall on the top level in all three categories and, and stuff like that. But um, that's,
0: that's kind of yeah. like what we're what I'm doing. It's like I want all the boxes ticked for a guy. So like that's how kind of we operate at PFF. It's not just you know the analytics. The, how they grade out it's not just how athletic they are and it's not just uh you know what the tape says it's like do does this guy have all three because then like when you have all three I'm not saying you're going to be like an awesome player but i think he just gives you a high
1: floor at that point so you, you feel better about those guys that makes uh that makes a ton of sense one one trending topic today on twitter came out it came out of pff the the randy moss tyree she- kill thing where'd you Where'd you fall on that? Uh, where'd you fall on that argument? I know where I uh, fall. <laughs> well,
0: I will say, I mean, Randy Moss is the best deep threat of all time. I don't think that Tyreek Hill is like unquestionably out of the conversation. Like, I, I think is faster. I, like, I think he is like a more explosive, uh, over twitchier overall athlete. Obviously, like Randy Moss being so tall, obviously couldn't move laterally as quickly as Tyreek Hill does. His top speeds, uh, they're similar. Uh, I mean, Tyreek Hill's fast hell like that was randy moss thing he'd build up on you and then just be striding away from you and be like holy shit so and obviously randy moss is better at the catch point but it's not it was obviously a bad take but i think tyree Hill, like he's top three you know he's got to be like that guy is different moves differently than it he wasn't
1: did. as bad it wasn't as bad of a take as it's being made made out
0: no, it, it's bad because there's like not really a debate Like it's like it is randy moss but hill's there like he was below like just below him but it, it's like one guy was obviously the best uh so there's no real
1: debate <laughs> whether it's Tyreek Hill or Randy Moss it kind of reminds me of right now of like the DeGrom Jacob Cole I mean Jacob DeGrom Garrett Cole thing where it's like Garrett Cole is like pretty like sure he's not it's not ridiculous if you said that but it's just like Jacob DeGrom's the yeah. best pitcher in baseball yeah and just like yeah. accept it um yeah. couple a couple more fun I guess non-football related NFL stuff Two. I wanted to ask you about two things, and then we'll we'll get to like the elf in the room at the end. The forty yard dash, (laughs) the confidence. You you had so much confidence, and like there was so much hatred from your colleagues. Like how did? And then and then the donkey post on Instagram. I was super impressed. So a, what got more traction, and B, were you how disappointed were you didn't run the four six? I was pretty
0: disappointed. I said four six is and honestly like. I, I did nothing to prepare. My conference was so irrational. I would have been
1: pretty I, I, shook if you ran four, six, like, to be <laughs> honest. With you.
0: I was, uh, I, I said like, I could, but I, and then like two months later, I was like, Oh shit, I haven't even like sprinted in the last two months. Like I had done nothing. It was like over the summer, I just like been you know doing what one does over the summer, which is nothing. So uh, I was like, Oh shit, we're, we're actually doing it now. And so I was still like in all right shape. I like, was running, but not sprinting, which is like vastly different. So and obviously I never practiced a start in my life which is a big thing about that too so yeah I ran like what 42 which
1: is, I'm still it's able. still pretty good like I feel like people like would see yeah. them they're like oh well like this person runs a 44." like yeah they're in the NFL that's yeah. that's it's pretty
0: yeah, fast so, 4 I was pretty disappointed I I would like to actually train for one that at some point I got my my years are getting up there I'm 31 now it's kind of ticking I gotta I gotta get out qu- quick if I'm gonna run one but uh, the dunk though, I can still. I was actually just yesterday I was still throwing down that was a couple years ago that I posted that one. I was still, I can still like windmill that. I can't do that dunk anymore though. That was the, the reverse two hander. That one was, I've only done that like four times in my life. So,
1: yeah, no, that was, I was, uh, I saw the 40 yard dash video first. So I was like, all right, like, let's see, like, this dunk, like, I don't know, re- people post dunks all the time. Like, I used to do on my screen too. And I was like, oh, that's like not that that was like actually super impressive. Like that was that was pretty cool. Yeah. I,
0: I tell people, I'm like, I could probably jump higher than a six-foot white guy you know. Like, there's not, there's not a lot of six-foot white guys out there that jump high.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's not a thing. Uh, you should have you should have done that on uh, on the bachelor. But basically, <laughs> if you we had obviously some people who listen to the pod, we had Kyle on last week and he was talking a lot about his real world experience and people wanting to do the challenge and all this stuff um he basically said he wouldn't do it for any less than like high six figures a how is the experience on the bench? and b do you find it do you find it more like funny and like entertaining at this point or is it like dude how many times are you gonna ask me about the same question oh, my it, hair is different i'm a different guy like
0: no it cracks me up still like it, it uh, you kind of take it for what it is if you take it too seriously you're you're a hardo. like it, i i just went out there to enjoy it And honestly, it was kind of boring. Like there's so much downtime is what you don't see. It's like prepping the cameras. Like a lot of times you're just doing nothing and there's no internet, no phone, no whatever. And so the experience was awesome. Like the the whole, like, it was super cool to look back on and be like, holy shit, I did that. But like actually being out there in a house with like 10 other, 25 other guys was just like, almost tedious at times. It's just like, dude, like, let me do something because you're stuck there and not doing anything.
1: No, it was, it's funny because I, like, your hair, obviously, people don't know, is, like, totally different. And, like, I feel like for whatever reason, everyone had long hair in that season. Like, I watched I and went back and watched. That was, like, that wasn't even, like, you couldn't even stand out because your hair is pretty disappointing, to be honest. little man. And my one thing. And then, the-
0: like, my football thing. There were two football players on the season. I was just fucking, like, catching the <laughs> left fucking right. I had nothing going for me they don't even
1: show me i was like that no i was like i'll be, me and my brothers went back and watched they just they grow their hair out of people so and they're like going in their the junior season for footballs they grew their hair out and they were like oh this is sick like and i was like yeah i guess though you missed the you missed your guys chance like by three years <laughs> you get it going back on now. Had
0: it. Had
1: it. do you still do you still communicate with any people on the show or it's kind of just like hey like we're all here uh, for the uh, same stuff
0: outside of like you know replying to someone's Instagram story uh not really last time I saw a guy was honestly over a year
1: ago so Uh, all right that's fair um last thing I want to hit on obviously I'm a I'm a USC guy you're a Notre Dame guy rivalry is back um what's maybe your favorite um you know kind of memory of that rivalry and how much where is USC rank in the terms of the teams you dislike in terms of like the Navy's, the michigans the pretty much everyone Notre Dame plays seems to be a rival so
0: I just like Michigan a lot more, I'll say. USC it's like uh, they have like their niche and Notre Dame is their niche so like they, they don't really overlap but like Michigan's right fucking there and they think they they think they're like on par with Notre Dame in terms of like academically it's like no you fu- no you're not. Jesus like they, 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 they hold themselves up like they turn their noses up at other state schools as if they're the shit. It's like no, you're no different like come on. so that that one i hate michigan more i try to think of my favorite usc Notre Dame memory i remember saying my senior year if they beat usc it was at home that i was going to jump in the uh there's like a lake and like not a lake, like a pond in front of the library i was going to jump in afterwards and that was the game i think dane crisp fumbled and it was like the 100 yard 98 yard fumble return touchdown and I was like, oh, such a bad game i think that was that game uh, might not have been. I I
1: think I feel like that's that makes that's like striking a bell. Like obviously the the Bush Push game like stands out for everybody. Yeah. But like at the same time, I feel like that game could have gone either way and be the favorite game. Yeah. But like the Adore Jackson game really, uh, that was probably like the biggest down season for Notre Dame I can remember in a long uh, time so that was I thought I would try to push the Adoree. Uh, it feels like the Julius Randall uh, MVP push like he was never going to win the Heisman but you he kind of had this like underdog thing with the um uh, I Notre yeah. Dame I like I actually hate Michigan more than I hate Notre Dame and it was because as a kid <laughs> they played them in the Rose Bowl and smoked them a bunch and they were just yeah. so arrogant I don't know why
0: everyone hates Michigan um I think <laughs> my favorite memory from Notre Dame though was what, it uh gosh I think it was end of they faced them last game of 2012 before they went to the national championship game. And then obviously just like winning that to get there was awesome. That was probably a favorite one.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll agree with that. I'm glad it's, I'm glad it's back, but obviously um, if you don't follow Mike, I think tap Mike on Twitter. Um, it's a lot, it's a lot of really good stuff. And I think if you go into reading stuff with numbers with the right mindset, I think people will casual fan would enjoy it a lot more because you're not like trying you have to just take it with context it's the same with baseball same with basketball all the analytics stuff is meant for a reason it's meant to give you more information and value somebody more if i'm not if i'm not i'm just if i'm speaking for you in, the, in that sense
0: yeah yeah. i was gonna say i don't write with
1: like the purpose of
0: being like the numbers telling you something it's like i i see what i see and then i back it up with the numbers like i'm yeah, not
1: that's the way it should be
0: yeah I'm i'm not like just like seeing oh this guy had a 75 overall grade let me punch that in and tell you he's good it's like no like I, I watched Dave he's good here's what the data says that's good about him so that's what I try to do
1: yeah no it's it's awesome stuff and obviously we we kind of hope the the Jets draft is you know they'll be able to be in a better position where they're they're not the most talked about team during the draft in a, in a good way <laughs> um I but, they yeah, will, no, we
0: but have another gonna have another first round pick next year so yeah we have,
1: two, we have two double first round picks and you package them you go get Kayvon Thibodeau and uh we'll call <laughs> it a day we will be pretty we're pretty rocking and rolling but no we appreciate uh we appreciate the time and um, you yeah, know, we'll uh, we'll hopefully have you back on uh, you know, later in the season. Maybe we'll do a USC Notre Dame week, uh, Notre do, Dame week I'll pod. Sure. You do that, yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> All right, thanks, man. I, I appreciate
0: it. No, thanks for having me. I will.